0: Welcome to the program that enjoys answering questions related to the Bible. Here's a question that I get a lot as a Christian apologist. I've been getting it for years, ever since the very famous series of books, Harry Potter, came out and took the nation by storm. And of course, they've all been made into movies since. I've seen a couple of the Harry Potter movies. I have not read the book. I hadn't really heard much about it until people started asking me. And one of their concerns is that Harry Potter is about the supernatural. It's about witchcraft. He's at a school for sorcerers. And of course, the Bible forbids sorcery and forbids witchcraft. The Bible doesn't say that it isn't true. Certainly, there's a lot of fake stuff going on. But there is such a thing as genuine supernatural power that comes from a deceptive source. In other words, the source is evil. The power is legitimate, but it comes from demons. It comes from Satan. But it might masquerade as a miracle or masquerade as something good. For example, those that practice witchcraft and sorcery today or participate in seances or Ouija boards. They're doing it sincerely, and they're teaching that it's a good thing, and they wouldn't believe that God is against it. That's not what the Bible says, but it is glorified in Harry Potter, and I'm just using Harry Potter as an example, of course. There are all kinds of other fantasy novels you could look at, even things like The Lord of the Rings. But it comes up with Harry Potter, and it's not only interesting to me as a Christian apologist, which again is the reason people are asking me, but as a writer, as you may know, I have my own fantasy series that's published, and I'm still working on it. The whole series, is called The Crown and the Crystal. It began with the dangerous Christmas ornament and has continued in other novels such as Inside the Castle and the Glass, Characters and Kings, The Perfect and the Prophets. And these books do have supernatural events and supernatural charms, so to speak. So I write them myself. Let me go back to Harry Potter and start with that and then I'll tell you how I dealt with this in my own novels. Perhaps this will be helpful in your own discussions or as you're trying to navigate with your own children, some of you parents out there. When parents are concerned about whether their children should be reading Harry Potter or whether they should be reading Harry Potter to them at bedtime, my first response is children can be a lot smarter than adults. If you tell a child this is make believe, Harry Potter is not real, the witchcraft and sorcery, it's just a fun story, they will accept that. I'm far more concerned, just to be frank with you, in all the years I've been on college campuses doing ministry, I'm far more concerned about how college students will respond to Harry Potter. There are websites that connect Wicca, an organization, a religion claiming genuine witchcraft. It'll connect it to Harry Potter sites. So it really depends on how it's used. I've said this often, a hammer is just a tool. If you use it to hammer nails, it's fine. If you use it to hit somebody in the face, it's not fine. In that case, a hammer is a bad thing. So parents that explain and help their children go through the waters with Harry Potter are not necessarily going to have a problem. Now in my own novels, I did go out of my way because my novels talk a lot about God and they also talk about the supernatural and of course, God does miracles. The Bible's filled with reports of God doing supernatural miracles, but the credit always goes to God. There are times in the Bible where we see something that some might mistake for supernatural charms. Let me cut through some of this by reading to you part of an appendix that I put at the end of my fantasy novels. This one was at the end of Inside the Castle in the Glass. Now, I'll read it in its entirety. It will assume certain things in the story, which you may find a little confusing if you haven't read it. But you understand my point right now is to talk about the relationship between fantasy that's claiming to be fiction and the Bible, which is not fiction. The Bible is an accurate historical account, even though it has divine activity and supernatural activity reported and recorded in it okay here then is my appendix the novel is finished but the reader can see this author's appendix at the end of the book the difference between a work of fiction and non-fiction should speak for itself, especially when the novel is fantasy. However, my story does include discussions about the Bible. Therefore, it is important to clearly mark the borders between authentic spirituality and matters invented for the sake of plot. I do accept the Bible as the Word of God, and anyone interested in understanding my detailed theological beliefs can find abundant explanations in my non-fiction books and articles. While the Bible does talk about God, angels, Fallen angels and demons inside the castle in the glass is imagining a different world where God's angels and prophets assigned to planet Telios operate under alternate rules. Sometimes channeling the power of God through the use of physical devices. Of course, in reality, we only know about life in our world and must accept what the Bible says about human interaction with our Creator. Scripture expressly forbids any harnessing of supernatural power aside from faith in God Himself and the miracles he chooses to display according to his own will. The characters in this story interact with different kinds of supernatural charms. Such objects were included only to make the adventure more interesting and do not intend to suggest any new, genuine theology. God does not use magic charms. Although certain objects in the Bible, Aaron's Staff, Urim, and Thummim, are associated with God, they were not described in relationship to any magic. They were used as manifestations of faith in response to God's commands and his abilities were never dependent upon them. When the characters Cephalithos and Charles do express some concern about alleged magic, quote-unquote, throughout this series, their words, adequate within the perimeters of my story, still fall short of the more sobering warning to avoid any venture into sorcery, witchcraft, astrology, palm reading, crystal balls, seances, Ouija boards, astrology, tarot cards, tea reading, palm reading, etc. Although many instances of fraud have been uncovered, sometimes the power does, in fact, exist. It is the source of the power that should concern us. God's enemy, Satan, will offer seductive phenomena in order to counterfeit genuine miracles and deceive people into following his destructive path. And then I put down a few scripture passages. 2 Thessalonians 2, Deuteronomy 18, Isaiah 47, there are others. It is human nature. To be fascinated by the paranormal, the real God works his wonders in the context of our faith and obedience, love, ministry, forgiveness, healing, and verifications of truth are the aim. Miracles are not to be sought as ends in themselves. Well, I won't say much more about that. That should have been self explanatory. I do want to bring up another figure in the Bible, though, that relates to this subject, and that is Samson. Now I always love the story of Samson because when I was a little kid, I grew up on Superman comics and other superheroes. And here's this guy who once lived, who actually has supernatural strength It says it comes from God, but he was like a superhero. He was kind of an idiot too. He did a lot of dumb things, but he was like a superhero. And there are people that say, well, Bob, okay, I understand the Bible has miracles that are attributed to God, but with Samson, it is more like a magic charm with his hair being the charm. It was because he had long hair that he got his strength. His strength came from his hair. And when he cut the hair, the strength went away. All right, my friends, you don't understand. Understand. Samson wore his hair long in obedience to what was called a nazarite vow these were people set aside for service to God for a designated period of time and they did not cut their hair the supernatural power was another miracle from God God was the source and not all nazarites had supernatural strength as a result of their hair this was a ministry and a mission but it was obedience that was enabling God to work through him when he disobeyed God by talking about the secret of his hair with a woman who then went and cut it. In a sense, he was participating in a violation of his own Nazarite vow. He was enabling his hair to be cut. So it was the disobeying of the command that was the issue. There was nothing magic about the hair. All to say, fantasy is fine if we understand it as fantasy. One of my favorite movies growing up was The Wizard of Oz and the books. It never occurred to me for a moment that Frank Baum was telling us anything but fiction. Fun stories. Are there people that really call themselves witches that come from a different kind of source that you wouldn't find in the lord of the rings or the chronicles of narnia or harry potter or the wizard of yes of course but that's in a different category that category we need to warn people about that category needs to be labeled but with those labels and warnings understood people can certainly enjoy fantasy and i'll say that about fantasy i write i'll say that about fantasy others have written this is bob siegel making the obvious obvious